Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. to the show and today my guest is Dr. Ben Webb. Ben is the director of Ology. Now at Ology they provide brain healthy diet and lifestyle advice for women to make the most of their midlife. Through their highly engaged Better Brain Better You podcast, online courses and coaching programs they nurture growth and provide invaluable support to midlife women. They also offer brain advice and psychological guidance for all the issues women face in midlife, from brain health and mental health, HRT and menopause, parenting and relationships, to caring for parents and dementia prevention. So I am super excited to welcome Dr. Ben Webb to the show. Welcome, Ben. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Sarah, delighted to be here. Oh, it's great to have you because I know that the topics you cover, so parenting teenagers, uh, dealing with midlife, and also caring for your parents, elderly parents, are three major topics that a lot of my clients and listeners and followers have to manage on top of going through their own breakup. So first of all, Ben, tell us a little bit about you and how did you come to, to work in this field? So actually, my I've I trained as a neuroscientist and worked for, in universities as, as a neuroscientist and psychology professor for the best part of 15 years. And actually just got one of those moments in my life that lots of lots of people experience a juncture where I sort of decided, had a kind of medical thing where I decided that actually I had all this sort of knowledge and information about the way the brain works that I'm kind of using just for research. And I really wanted to get it out there and actually help people using that knowledge to kind of to, to help people. So I looked into, you know, which direction to, to take that knowledge. And actually it sort of turns out the people that are in most need are women in midlife because they're, we often call them the sandwich generation because they're caught in the middle, you know, of parenting teens, going through menopause, often caring for elderly parents, you know, you know, dealing with kind of multiple things, holding down a, a career juggling multiple you know so and there's so many there's there's so much sort of brain advice if you like that you can offer and help people to support them through that period in life so that's that's really how I arrived at trying to help women in midlife. I love it I love it when people that are very academic like turn and make it practical for us people and lay people who don't really get it when it's so academia but when it comes into like practical tips that's what I love because we can really take that and use it so Really appreciate you sharing that with us today. So talking about sort of midlife, what are the challenges that you see that women face, like the, the top challenges that we face at that time in our lives? Yeah, so we sort of alluded to already. So that, you know, it's really because they're just being pulled in multiple directions, women at that point in life. And it's also at the most kind of difficult moment because it's central to that a lot of the time is most women, you know, mid 40s or once they reach early 50s is sort of average age is 51 that they'll be moving through into sort of perimenopause and, and menopause and that can be incredibly 
confusing and demanding and difficult aspect of kind of midlife so when you're in the midst of these huge kind of fluctuations in your hormones your feelings and all these foreign feelings you're also in the midst of you know trying to often parent teenagers is you know that's typically the age they're sort of at by the time you reach midlife so young tweens or teens and the challenges that come with that because again there's a sort of a generation that's often misunderstood at least anyway and like that can really pose real challenges because of the way children change as they move as they transition from young children through to teenagers are very very different and often parents struggle with exactly how to manage those changes and then of course as well there's the older generation which is why we call them the sandwich generation that, that mid, the midlifers because they're often looking after and it's typically women that carry the burden for this as well, often caring for older parents. And the big, the biggest, biggest challenge with that and the one, one that we work with most is often older parents may be struggling with things with dementia and cognitive decline and those sort of challenges with their brains. So the, the support that we sort of offer to midlife women is, is in that regard. So they're so plus trying to hold down a career, you know, and, you know, so it's, it's incredibly challenging, but, you know, can be incredibly rewarding time in life as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gosh, everything you said there rings, rings bells for me. So I know for my listeners there, we think, gosh, yeah, that that's me and that's me and that's me. So, I mean, the teenage kids, let's, let's start with that. My son's turned 13 the end of last year. Okay. And, yeah, I, I mean, he, I'm lucky. He's a sweetheart, and you know, we haven't got to any tantrums or difficult teenage mood swings as yet. Touch wood. But I know a lot of my friends are challenged by that, and I know a lot of single parents as well find that da- very daunting. Going through a divorce, but I'm a big believer, probably quite controversially in the press, that divorce does not have to damage kids. Like mm. I do not believe it has to damage kids. I know there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows that it does but I I don't believe that that's that's my personal opinion because I think it's very much up to the parents and how how they behave and actually also you only need one stable parent who gives unconditional love in my opinion to enable that child to transition through and be okay mm-hmm. um, but from your vast experience what do you see as the impact of divorce on kids so there's no doubt that I mean it you know it, it 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 does have an impact you know I mean as you said for the parents as as we were talking of off air beforehand for couples it's you know the second sort of biggest trauma they can experience as you said so you can imagine it has an impact on the children's you have you, you certainly you have to acknowledge that and it's got a no doubt that the sort of first year can be the toughest for for kids and they, they particularly struggle most during that first year or two after a breakup or divorce and they might experience things like distress anger anxiety and disbelief but as you say many kids can bounce back and get used to sort of daily routines and grow comfortable with the routines of and the new living arrangements but it really the sort of impact or certainly the emotional impact really depends on the age at which the children are when the divorce or breakup actually happens so for young children, they often may struggle to understand why they have to move between two homes. For example, if it's a co-parenting situation, they may worry that if their parents, you know, can stop loving each other, perhaps someday they might stop loving them. That's one of the concerns you often see with young children. And if you look at sort of junior school age children, that kind of age up to about 11, they may worry that divorce is often their fault 
they may have the sort of fear that they might have misbehaved or assume that they did something wrong. Whereas with teenagers, it's actually quite different. Often you'll see that if the emotional impact you might see is that they can become quite angry about a divorce and the changes it creates. And, you know, and they may or may not blame one parent for the dissolution of, you know, of, of the marriage or, or, or of the breakup. And the, reason, and the reason with teens in particular is that, you know, they're at an age where perhaps we might talk about this a bit more is that they're really, they're really, really vulnerable. Their brains are really, really vulnerable to stress because they're going through this period, which lots of people don't know about is where, you know, from, from the age of just passing puberty all the way through until actually 25, which is the period of adolescence, their brains are completely rewiring themselves of rebuilding themselves so what this means is for them, for their development and certainly the impact of, of a breakup is that their brains are really vulnerable to, to stress. So this can cause, so things like, it's not off just the parental separation itself that's the hardest issue. It can be changing, it's, this, it's the circumstances of the separation. So perhaps changing schools or moving to a new home, living with, living with a single parent, or even some of the kind of financial aspects, you know, that, that, that come with that. So it's sometimes the consequences, but as you said yourself, you're, you know, you're a big believer in that, you know, you can, you can move forward in a much in a positive way with that. And there, there's certainly some, some, you know, I could start with a couple of kind of strategies, parenting strategies that you can, you can use to make that whole transition much smoother and less impactful on their emotional and psychological development so one of them if you're in a kind of co-parent situation is is to try and you know to do that kind of co-parent peacefully so intense conflict between parents can will increase the distress of the child so kind of overt hostility is often linked to behavior problems in children so if you struggle to co-parent with your ex-spouse for example you know it might be good to get seek some sort of professional help and support with that and you really want it as best as you can to try and avoid putting kids in the middle of that, you know, of that relationship. So asking kids to choose which parent they prefer or passing messages between them could often, there's some evidence sort of suggests that that can often lead to more experiences of depression and anxiety. And then also, you know, as where you can in that kind of co-parenting situation to try and maintain a healthy relationship and, so one thing that really helps is sort of positive communication, warmth, and trying to keep low levels of conflict between you, so children can gradually and teens can gradually adjust to the to the separation. So I'd say so a healthy parent-child relationship really has been shown to sort of help kids develop help higher self-esteem and better academic performance, for example. So there's certainly two two places that can definitely help with that transition. I think that's really, really good advice. I mean, I think it's normal, but when you're going through a really tough time as a parent and you see your child playing out and having problems, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just quiet or maybe they're angry or any of those, you know, different behaviours. I think it's very difficult not to assume that it's something that, you know, to do with the breakup, to Mm. do with the divorce, to do with the fact that you're a bit up and down. I don't know how easy that is. I mean, how do you distinguish? Because I think a lot of time we put a lot of guilt on ourselves because we're thinking, gosh, because of this, they're acting out. But maybe it's just a normal teenage thing. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a really hard thing to distinguish, isn't it? But you're absolutely right. Even as I sort of alluded to earlier, even as 
you know, as children transition into the teenage years, for many parents, it's a real struggle because you end up with this, you started with, you know, often with a, you know, a child who kind of loves you dearly, you know, does everything, you know, behaves perfectly well, you know, love does everything you ask them to do. And they suddenly transition into, because the whole purpose of adolescence is to get to being independent, essentially, like that's the sort of purpose of it. So now what happens is they display all these kind of behaviours that are really challenging or can be really challenging and confusing for parents because they're pushing the boundaries of the relationship. Because in the end, as I say, they're sort of trying to seek independence by the time that's the purpose. And when you get them there, you've almost sort of achieved, you know, you, you know, done your job as, as a parent, but that, that transitional period, which lasts nearly 15 years can be very difficult. So as you say, lots of, lots of the sort of behaviors that you might see that could be, you know, certainly absolutely nothing to do with a breakup and are just part of the normal process of teenage development is children, that children at that age, teenagers are very, very emotionally volatile. And there's a good reason for that is because they're living largely in the sort of emotional part of their brain. And as us and adults have the kind of different part of the brain that sort of regulates that part of the brain that helps us manage our emotions, helps us, you know, behave in a kind of emotionally appropriate way in different situations. Teenagers' brains are still developing those connections. So often much of their response to the world is emotional and that will come out as anger, you know, or, or in different ways that can be, you know, upsetting sometimes and, diff and difficult to, to manage as a parent. And that's completely, a completely and utterly normal part of teenage development. You know, another big one that we often see, or two other big ones we often, you know, that parents often find difficult with teenagers, again, nothing to do with to do with the breakup is the sort of sleep sleeping patterns of teenagers. It becomes seem incredibly sort of foreign. It's a bit of a sort of stereotype, you know, that they kind of wake up late and sleep late and are lazy. And you know, it's it's also sort of a slightly kind of lazy way of looking at it because there's a reason for it. Teenagers' brains again actually encourage them deliberately to sleep three to four hours later than you know than, a, than your average adult to wake up later and go to bed later so it's a bit like you know, there's a part of their brain that's encouraging them to do that it's out out of their conscious control and again it's part of this you know it's part of you know the reasons for that it helps them live a kind of slightly separated life from their parents where that's the idea where they become become more independent by you know being awake and sleeping at different times to their parents but it's a real challenge you know for I didn't know that that's amazing so that's part of the sort of growing to become more independent you're living so you're living in the same house but you're you're living different time zones almost so that it's, yeah <laughs> you're exactly. not so dependent I hadn't I didn't know that that is absolutely fascinating it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense it does and the thing is when one thing was when we work with parents that's you know the two biggest issues that are for parents are kind of time around screens and managing technology and sleep they're often the, the two biggest that parents and teens deal with and once once you understand that actually it's a biological process it's not even in their conscious control you know it, st it stops a lot of the kind of blaming and can help you be understand and be a bit more empathic for the you know why they might be so tired because they still have to live and function in society and go to school at the time that's you know they're supposed to supposed to go to school in fact you know many years ago there was a big campaign to make school start times later to actually accommodate you know that these changes like but obviously 
didn't happen like many like many things like that but yeah yeah that's part of their sort of drive or one of the reasons for their part of their drive for for independence yeah you touched on another hot topic there the gaming i mean i, I know a lot of people listening to me going uh what can we do about that and is that something we need to be empathetic to as well are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce are you feeling devastated heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. The gaming, I mean, I, I know a lot of people listening to me going, uh, what can we do about that? And is that something we need to be empathetic to as well? Um, I don't know about empathic to that one, but <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's really, it's a real, the real key if you can and if, particularly with your youngster if it's he or he is 13 then around that age or certainly just at that sort of time or a bit before is a really good time if you can to sort of put in place sort of boundaries because they're much more willing as they make that transition into the sort of teenagers to kind of put in boundaries around screen time which can really help it's much harder to do that when, when they're a bit older and it ends up with a lot of conflict so it's really Technology is, you know, I'm, I'm not really one of these that sort of, you know, tries to be too negative about it. It's here. It's part of life. It's actually an important part of life as well for all sorts of reasons, certainly for their learning as well. So it's really about boundaries, managing it, you know, in a way where you're, you know, you're in discussion with them, educating them about the kind of, you know, the potential dangers and pitfalls of technology. We're putting boundaries around particularly so time, so no screens in bedrooms, for example, because it, that disrupts the disrupts their sleep. If you can keeping them out of bed and keeping kind of time boundaries around when they can use them can can really really help. But it's a constant stress, something to kind of manage, and something that if you can get on top of early as a sort of parent of a of a team, particularly it, it really helps because it can spiral into quite, and it's very common now in, in the teenage years into sort of more kind of addictive patterns of behavior with technology, not, and again, you know, driven a lot by the sort of tech companies that put in place deliberate, you know, aspects of the games and so on that make them addictive, but play into the sort of vulnerabilities of a teenager's brain as they're going through development. So yeah, it's a, it's a struggle, but about, Boundaries and communication, and to be honest, communication is the key to is the absolute key to sort of parenting teenagers. Anyway, staying connected with them so that you're there for them, even when they're being emotionally volatile, and you can you're there to connect and talk with them, which might actually be 
at weird times of the day because I often like talking as you're about to go to bed at sort of 11 yeah. or 12 o'clock in the evening to have a chat and just be there to listen and it isn't often about advice and telling them how to live their life it's about what we call pot plant parenting listening active listening and, li and listening and just being there to connect with them because they're they're finding their way in the world and they you know they still need you but they want to be independent from you so it's very confusing like you know as as a, as a parent yeah, but, yeah. and I, I think I mean I see this with a lot of my clients and I know for me too like as a single mum yeah. and dads I imagine you know that your kids are your life right and they've been so dependent on you and you know remember back to the day when you put them down and they just didn't move unless you pick them up move them and now they're growing up and they're independent and they've got their own friends they're organizing their own social life they're doing all those things themselves and pulling away from you so now it's like you know the other day I said to my son well it's Saturday night he he was with me and I said do you want to watch a movie and he looked at me and he went if you want me to, mommy, I will. <laughs> and I was like, oh, ow, okay. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine if you want to play with your friends. He goes, oh, yeah, because Ben's online. I, I think I'll go play. And I was like, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, mommy really needs a boyfriend now because this is, this is where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's pulling away. And I think I see this, you know, a lot. And it's something just to check, I think, with ourselves. So, you know, at some point we have to learn, like, you know, we have to learn to step away which means rebuilding our lives uh, at a time maybe when you're going through a, a tough breakup or divorce you want to get that love and connection from anyone that wants to give it to you because you just lost it from that partner um, and then if you're menopausal you've got stresses at work you know all those things I think can sort of maybe think oh no you want to keep your kids close so that can be extremely tough right that's a, I mean that's a great point you're making there actually because at that emotional that point of emotional vulnerability for you as you're going through a, you know a breakup or or divorce then there's a need there for that isn't there right there's that need that you and you know and often i you know i'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm absolutely not an expert in this but i'm sure you know you might seek that with your with your children but from a parenting teenagers point of view and development of their of of of, of their brain development and their psychological development that's absolutely best avoided if you can. So trying trying to be friends with your teenager is, is really not a good sort of strategy because they're trying, you know, as, as much as you may want to, and I can I can completely understand where that comes from, for their own development, it's much better for you to have that kind of relationship where they can separate from you, you know, and that, you know, that it's hard because they've been, as you, you've just said, it's, they've just been so dependent on you. It's really, it can be really, really difficult. But if you can walk that sort of tightrope of being there for them, you know, unconditional love, one of the most important things, you're there, you know, unconditionally, whatever, but letting them separate for you and then let them come back to you when they want to connect and they want and they want to talk. That's the most, so it's this sort of, you know, it's this kind of act, like I said, what we call plant parenting, kind of active, you know, listening and, you know, and being there, you know, but not being you know sort of emotionally dependent on them but you know that's a, it's a very hard thing to do i absolutely acknowledge that and going going through you know a breakup is going to make that considerably harder but that 100 percent sure is the is is the sort of best way to guide them through this period yeah no i totally agree good good advice so i mean obviously you know menopause is a big thing and mm. when you're going through a divorce the symptoms of menopause, anxious, stressed, overwhelmed, not coping with things, brain fog, 
all those things, you know, panic attacks, you know, all those things, you know, are quite similar in some ways. So how do we know, you know, there's people listening thinking, is this the menopause? Is it not the menopause? Am I perimenopause? How, how, how do we know it's not that or the breakup? How do we get clarity on that? No, it's a great question. And it's, it's a hard one to answer to some extent, but it's, it's very confusing because, you know, not just with this sort of emotional feelings of, of a breakup, but many other aspects of, you know, of life generally, the the menopause, perimenopausal or menopausal kind of symptoms, if you like, uh, are, are very easy to confuse with other emotions and other feelings. And certainly around, you know, so if you take something, you know, like, um, um, so with anxiety and, and panic attacks, for example, you know, so you one of the most common symptoms you know of of menopause and perimenopause is you know is is feeling incredibly hot particularly at night or during the day where suddenly when I was talking to a client the other day who exactly had this experience they're out walking suddenly became completely overwhelmed with heat and within about two minutes was the whole blouse was just wet through from sweat and heart beating you know or felt like the heart beating was 100 miles an hour and thought they were having a panic attack but in that situation that we distinguished is you can you need to look at you know first of all her age where she's at she's kind of 49 she's right in the midst of it she's never really experienced those feelings before and you know she so I encouraged her to go and talk to her doctor and she got tested it's, it's also it's tricky because it's hard depending on what stage you're at you can't get a definitive diagnosis of menopause until you've actually passed that period, past the stage in which you're at menopause, because while you're perimenopause, perimenopausal, your hormones are sort of fluctuating so much across the day that when you go and get a test of, let's say, where your estrogen levels are, for example, it um, can vary across the day just naturally anyway. So it's hard to know whether they've declined sufficiently to say you're actually in menopause, which is how you diagnose menopause. It's a tricky thing to... to to distinguish but you put together things like you know your age the constellation of sort of symptoms you are actually experiencing and you know and and that's that's how you kind of can end up sort of deciding with the support of your doctor whether you're at that actual point perimenopause menopause is much easier to you know but perimenopause which can go on for 10 years is much harder to sort of to to distinguish but once you hit 40 41 onwards and let you know then you can you're in the sort of zone then of where that's the most likely kind of reason for why you're having those kind of feelings and those those experiences yeah it's interesting isn't it i mean we have to go through all that on top of a breakup or divorce i mean no wonder it's tough right mm -hmm. no wonder it's tough and then again you know a lot of us will be dealing with parents that are getting older that are dependent on us when we're struggling to cope with what's going on in our own lives and our own bodies, then we have aging parents. And obviously dementia is a big thing right now. I know you, you mentioned that earlier. Can you give us some tips and advice on how to manage that? I mean, obviously it's very distressing, isn't it? And then sometimes very frustrating as well. So what would your advice be for people struggling with that? I mean, we, the, where we support um, midlifers, midlife women to sort of do to, with that is we take a very much sort of proactive approach where we can, because, the biggest thing you could really do for sort of slightly aged parents is, is actually where you're supporting their and, and supporting their brain health, if you like, with the right sort of strategies going forward. So we put in place sort of, 
and support mechanisms for them to encourage them to exercise and you know in a particular way try and help them to use particular sort of hygiene strategies for sleeping better ways to help them manage their kind of diet as, as well and also even the stress and things like putting in strategies to encourage encouraging them to kind of have more kind of mechanisms of sort of social support around them where they're actively engaging in social groups and the reason i say all of those things because all of those things actually matter incredibly for not just their health but their brain health and in delaying or preventing the onset of dementia actually coming which is the biggest sort of care burden that you can actually have as so so most of the support we are we offer is is around that is actually encouraging i suppose you might call them sort of positive healthy strategies in in your parents for them to you know live a kind of slightly more independent and and well life so important to provide them with the support and not have to take it all on yourself but you know mm-hmm. reach out to other people and get systems and other people in place as well because you know i mean physically it may not always be possible for you to be the person that they lean on um so again an emotion if you're dealing with your own traumas going on that can be you know a huge weight to carry around no absolutely yeah 100 percent so, I mean, I think what you do is fascinating. I mean, you obviously offer a lot of support for people. Tell us a little bit about people listening. How can they get in touch with you and find out more? I know you've got a workshop on how to parent a teenage brain as well, which sounds fascinating. Yeah, I mean, if if, if your listeners are, are, are interested in getting support with, parent, with parenting teenagers, that's a free workshop that we offer, which is literally just offers the sort of what we think of as the four essential strategies for parenting teenagers and, and that's we it's all framed around about how you can parent a teenager's brain so in terms of what you bring to the situation as a parent your history as a parent and then how you that interacts with the teenager's brain development how you can put those two things together and you can find out that call that free workshop is about 45 minutes long completely free to to watch, you can you can find at Ology Online Course, ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash workshop. So that's where that workshop is. Um, and you're also on Instagram, aren't you? Because that's where I found you. Yeah, we're at, at Ology Online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have one last question for you that I ask all my guests. Um, and that is the, the podcast, as you know, is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what, what happiness is for you so you can tap into it. When you're going through all these things we've talked about already today in the midst of an argument with your teenage child, baby. So what is happiness for you, Ben? If I'm allowed two things, then my, my happiness for me is going on a run with my dog dexter for like doing a run and then going out for a big slap up meal with my family afterwards and feeling guilt free from eating and probably having a bottle of wine with them as well oh that sounds perfect absolutely perfect well thank you so much thank you for sharing your advice i think it's been fascinating i've definitely learned some some really useful tips today so thank you for being a fabulous guest thank you so much for having me it's been lovely to talk to you That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to ologyonlinecourses.com to find out more about Ben and his work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.